Yes, you are in. Oh, a little treat for you. A little treat, BTR. Numero uno, the very first recording of this ragtag bunch of flaw dudes pursuing truth. Back in 19, reading Acts 2 and the gift of the Holy Spirit. For some of you, that sounds crazy. I get it. Yet once you truly in and experience the special gift, it's as real as the sun. Here you go. Did we? We're good. I think so. Good. Forgive me. Listen, you guys know part of my confession is my haste sometimes makes waste. So, like, I do. I, I, I'm, uh, I'll slow t- you down. Yeah, you will slow me down. My daughter slows me down. My wife slows me down. In my instinct, I was like, I gotta beat this light. I gotta beat this light. You know, you've heard that from me before. Sometimes you gotta stop at the light and reflect. <laughs> I like savoring it. You know, I, I think. Well, that's, that's, that's one thing you're teaching me, and I don't know about others around here. But what I am excited about Acts two because it gets into this gift called the Holy Spirit. And if you noticed, again, let's recap. From the get-go, that's been our best practice here at Dudes for close to 20 years, 15-plus years, somewhere around there. i got to do the math. But we invite this thing called the Holy Spirit in. And for some of you maybe don't quite know what that is or understand what that is, this helps explain it. So, And then this, I think this will be a good segue to cap our hour. If we want to get into, Jake, I know you've been doing some more research. You sent me the thank you for some of the research on the 77 questions that Christians ask about us. Sometimes getting into that, I know you've done some research too, my friend, and Rick's been bold enough to bring this to the forefront to talk about. So, um, yeah, let's go. Let's go into Acts 2. And- All right. So this is the coming of the Holy Spirit. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were staying, or where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them heaven, and at the sound that the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in their own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, We are... Are we not these who are speaking Galatians? Are these not, excuse me, are not all these who are speaking Galatians? And who is it that we hear, each of us in our own native language, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, um, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, um, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues and the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others mocked and said, They are filled with new wine. Okay. So I have a question yep. that popped up. You know, so in the beginning it, it talks about fire coming in and they're set of fire. When I think fire, I think hell. There's several places, the burning bush, this, <laughs> where it talks about fire coming in. Why is that? Does anybody know? Like I think this is a metaphor. <clears throat> this is, and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them, which allowed them to speak in tongues. So I think this is a metaphor in this particular phrase. Okay. I can certainly be corrected. 
The hard part is the pillar, though. All the versions that I can find, the pillar of fire comes before it splits into the tongues of fire. Like, I always thought, like, the tongues of fire means that you just, you, you speak in fire, you know? But then the pillar of fire doesn't, doesn't fit with that. Well, any time in the Bible, the Holy Spirit is described, it's described with a lot of difficulty. It was like a roaring wind, or it was like yeah, a pillar yeah. of fire. Like you can just you can sense that they're they're trying to find words to describe yeah. what's going on, and they're all failing. Um, even you know throughout the Bible, trying to describe the glory of God, they they're incapable. And so, the, for me, that's kind of where I've landed on some of those things: is the difficulty of language to communicate the glory and presence of God language is very limiting Mm -hmm. so truth and fact um, you know how that's how I like to operate in logic whether you believe in this or not okay so God then there's a promise of a savior Jesus which was foretold way back 700 years in the Old Testament which matches everything that was told in here that happens here but again (coughs) the choice to believe that or not right and then when Jesus came, he goes, okay, while I'm gone, we're, I'm gifting you, we're gifting you with the Holy Spirit to help guide you. That's what, it's, that's what this is about. And how we define that, it is, it, is, it is difficult. However, I'll say this, for those that have experienced it, oh, then, then you know. Like, uh, uh, just for the record, um, as you hear me talk, sometimes I get polls and affirmations and things like that. I think that's part of it. But then there's deeper experiences. And I, I just want to be forthright with all of you. Um, you know, one of my biggest experiences was in the mountains of Bolivia on a mission trip. And I think some of you have heard this, but some of you haven't. So this is important to share that. I'm curious to hear any others around the table that have had more of this profound experience of a, what we call the Holy Spirit. Um, bottom line was, I, I, I was on this mission to Bolivia. And, and uh, in my head, I'm like, I'm... I'm the mighty American, and I'm going to save these people, and I'm going to come in, and I'm going to help sh- and, and, and show them Christ and, and, and show love and serve. And, and um, I get in this little, like 15,000 feet up, this little brick, cinder block, simple church, maybe not much larger than this room. And I see this woman in front of me, Quechuan, I mean, the Native American um, ensemble, and she's got her Bible, and it's in her native language, and it's marked. Like, marked. You think this is marked? She put, hers is marked, man. And I just felt um, this wash over me, and I started crying. And it, not in a sad way, almost in a joyful way it was like in a cleansing way and it just poured and it poured and I felt God come over me and basically saying that is your sister that is your sister you're not above nor is she above and she may dress totally different and you're from a different culture and you might come from privilege and maybe she may not have as much privilege this is your sister. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And um, it was just a moment of clarity and, and getting off my high horse, if that makes any sense. 
and 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 um, it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. And if you haven't experienced that, I'm going to encourage you, whether it's a service that 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 pro- promotes that or a mission trip, is a lot of times it happens. And I also say on top of that, Marcus. It was the same trip, or maybe the one right after the the, the invader of the Pause and Pray, which we do. He had one of those moments too. In that church, a different church, a little bit higher up, just wept, just like this cleansing of of this experience where the the Holy Spirit was just moving around. So, for some of those that means crazy talk. Let me share one more. Was those that I think it was Chris, who's leader of uh, worship for Hosanna. Do you know where I'm, who said mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Do you know where I'm going with this? Yeah. yeah. They were speaking in tongues. Yeah. Which, by the way, I've never spoken in tongues. So not. I know that's weird town for a lot of you, and I, I actually don't. It, it's kind of always weirding me out, honestly, not in a good way. Just, I just, I'm just going to be frank with you. But he was speaking in tongues, right? Didn't the woman who doesn't speak English knew exactly <clears throat> what he was saying, what he was praying? But he, then he was speaking in tongues. Right? We have multiple people that also witness that. That matches this. As crazy as this sounds, we have real living examples of validation. So I'm opening it up now for anyone else has had any type of, we'll call it mystical or a Holy Spirit experience. So. One thing about this is the time last week when we talked about the, the NAR, the New Apostolic Reformation. So they have a school of supernatural ministry. Bethel does. There's one here in Egan. And if you look at these, a lot of times what they're looking for is that they're trying to train you on how to use miraculous signs and wonders. So when you look at a lot of these supernatural these schools, you'll see the students speaking in tongues. You'll see them on the floor convulsing, uncontrollably laughing. And three things from that is... There's nothing biblical about uncontrollable laughing or convulsing. There's nothing in the Bible about that. There is tongues, though. And one thing that, um, if you've ever seen, anybody ever seen anybody speak in tongues, seen a video clip or anything? Mm-hmm. I have not. So most of the time, you look at it, you see a bunch of people there, and they're sitting around the room, and they're just laughing. Okay, so if you look at the scripture here, somebody understood what they were saying. So the scripture says, yeah, and at the sound this multitude comes together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. So these were people that did not speak native, native languages being understood by people that did. That's why I put, I believe Chris, because it's biblical. But you see most of these folks, they'll just, they're just jibbering, jabbering and they're talking whatever. I mean, the Sid Roth has this program called Supernatural and at one point he was he had a video clip where he was going to teach the audience how to speak in tongues, and they all started babbling like babies, you know. And it's like it's not at all biblical. So, just point of clarification. Biblically, there's two purposes for speaking in tongues when you research it. One is so that you can communicate, but has, someone has to translate. Otherwise, it's not for everyone. The other one is your communication to God. Sometimes, what you are feeling or what you're trying to say you don't have the right words and the Holy Spirit is the translator and that's where tongues comes from. I've had people pray over me in tongues. It's obviously not for me because I don't understand it, but they're praying on my behalf. They don't have the right words, but what they're trying to say, God understands. So what I would ask is where is that in scripture? 
It, uh, yeah, it, so I'm trying it to does, find it's, it. The Holy Spirit will translate tongues to the Lord. So Paul talks about... And how, God asks you for asking for that gift. How he speaks in tongues more than, more than all the people that he's talking to. And he says, essentially, that he doesn't understand what he's saying, but God does, that the Holy Spirit translates, as Rod is saying. Yeah. And I believe it's in, I want to say it's in Corinthians or uh, Galatians, but I can't find it right now. So real quick, I, I love how you opened up this conversation by saying, this is weird. <laughs> it is weird. Uh, so if we for can, us. just for 10 seconds, let me pray. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, good. And, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, God... It is really hard sometimes to read the Bible and have any clue what's going on. It just is. And we're here today, and some of us are having weird feelings. And it's hard to know when something is from you and when it's from men. Mm. um, Or when it's from Satan, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And all I know is I'm glad that we are here in this. And I can, there, there's a sense of, of fear, and I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just invite you in specifically, God. I feel like a lot of us here, myself included, have had a, a complicated history with speaking in tongues. And it's not something that um, really adds to our faith right now. Instead, I think it leaves a lot of us with questions and strange doubts. So I just invite you in um, while we sit in it um, and and not knowing any of us as an authority on this. Just ask you to sit with us in our uncertainty. Amen. 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 Thank you, Nate. You know what the hardest part about it, I think a lot of it is that you get people who, well, in the Pentecostal movement, there's a lot of Pentecostal churches where you, you're you not really confirmed until you speak in tongues. Mm-hmm. So yeah, kids feel that. peer pressure. You grew up in that, right? Yeah. Else grew and up in that? How many kids fake it? Because they don't, <laughs> they're like, I don't know, I'll just make something up because I'm supposed to. And you get that I same thing it, with I healings. I was 12 years old and I was like, I've just received the gift of faking the spirit. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> or someone's praying over you for healing and you're like, do I tell them I don't feel any better? Okay, no, no, I kind of I feel warm. I'm good, you know. But then, usually when I get into that and I start seeing that and I start doubting it, someone that I truly trust comes along and out of nowhere praying over me speaks in tongues or will have someone pray over them for healing and they're healed. Like healed. And, I, and I've had multiple. It, experiences you're like, okay, now what do I do with that? <laughs> and some of them that ended with uh, more confusion than they started. <laughs> I walked away saying, nope, that wasn't legit. Like, mm-hmm. I just know it wasn't. And so the, the thing that stood out to me as we were listening, I love listening to you guys read the Bible out loud, by the way. Mm-hmm. I, I close my eyes, and I just, for whatever reason, I receive it differently than if I'm reading it after mm-hmm. a page. Anyone and else feel that? It's like a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I think we can get sometimes stuck really on the mechanics of somebody speaking in tongues. And if we step back from it just a little bit yes. and say, Let, let's, let's understand what we're trying to do. Yes. Um, so the other time in the Bible 
where language was used for the opposite purpose was the Tower of Babel. Mm. So you had a bunch of people trying to construct a tower to reach the heavens so that they could be like gods. And the way that God ruined their architecture was to, to give them languages that they couldn't understand. And so we're talking to the other and I'm saying, hey, can you hand me that hammer? And then and you hand me the hammer, and then I ask you five minutes later, can you hand me that hammer? And he looks at me like I'm speaking a different language. He doesn't understand what I just asked. Mm. And so forget the fact that it's just our mouths speaking and our ears hearing. The understanding of what's going on between us was broken by God so that we could so that we wouldn't achieve the purpose that we set out, which was to be God. And so in that instance, language was simply the tool that God chose to leverage to um, complicate man's plans, okay? Sort of a parallel, but in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were naked, and they had no problem with it. And then they did something wrong, and suddenly their nakedness became a liability. And so what those two things have in common is sin. Before there was sin, or loosely, there was community, but there was these two people that were in communion with one another. They understood each other. They were on the same page, and then sin came in, and they no longer were united. So you said, this lady up there was your sister, <clears throat> and you felt that kinship and that closeness. Mm-hmm. And in the Garden of Eden, that was broken. And then in the, on the Tower of Babel, God is like, I don't want them being united in this, so I'm going to separate them. So then if we take it all the way to the to speaking in tongues, again, forget the concept of uttering and your hearing and understanding. It's when the Holy Spirit is present in those times, that is no longer a barrier. There isn't the presence of confusion in sin. There's presence of communion and unity and understanding beyond language. Uh, so to me, that's really where, when the Holy Spirit comes in and, and I'm speaking in Latin and you're speaking in Aramaic, mm. and somehow we understand, I don't necessarily think it's a phonetic thing that's going on there. It's that pathway is illuminated by the Holy Spirit, and now we can be in communion with one another, <coughs> and that simplifies it. Mm. It takes it away from the biological how sound travels and language and it says we're brothers mm-hmm. I understand you um, I don't need a thousand words anymore mm-hmm. to communicate with you I can say four and we are like this because we're united under the Holy Spirit right on that's exactly where I was at with it I, I kind of interpret my my own thought tongues is they had people from all these different regions Right? And they're speaking in their own language, but they couldn't understand each other. And my interpretation is that that's what tongues is, because they're you know unable to understand each other. But like you said, that Holy Spirit ties them together in a in more of a, a different level, right? And so you have this group of people like us. If we each spoke a different language and we're in here talking at the same time and we're not understanding each other, but we have the Holy Spirit in here, it draws us together. Right, and that's kind of where I was at, and you describe it well. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Thank you both. I'm gonna go, please. I have very 
little experience with the speaking in tongues and that kind of very little exposure, but a high degree of skepticism, right? And so when I think about that verse, I think I'm in the, I would find myself in the camp of the ones going, they've just got into the new wine, right? So, the, so then that convicts me a little bit. Said, okay, is that a lack of faith then that I'm skeptical in the tongues, you know? And you know, cause you, cause you want to be in that group of the believers and oh my, I'm hearing the message. I'm like, I see myself as the one that going, yeah, you know what? We got to go, you know, right? <laughs> and uh, you just kind of wrestle with that a little bit. Is, is it, uh, and, and kind of that conversation, you know, is this authentic or is it not? Mm, Where does my skepticism authentic. lie? <clears throat> right. Is it yeah. kind of using a true filter or is it, you know, my own brokenness that's putting the wall up? You know, and I just struggle with that. And so what's going on in that is something that I, I, I hate with the passion of a pastor's son who has seen abuse in the church. And I don't mean like abuse, abuse. Um, but the dynamics of what's going on in that are, first, if you don't understand, then you must not be a believer. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if you can't tell what's going on, then you're not one of us. So there's this instant social elitism, power dynamic mm-hmm. that says if you want to be like us, you better get on board. It's pride, and yes. that's, that's where it goes wrong. So what I've learned about tongues is it's all about humility. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have humility, you don't have it. And and so that's where a lot of people will experience somebody maybe like we're talking about praying in tongues over them out of a spirit of pride. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's kind of like a why do you want it? Like I have tongues. Like let me pray for you, right? Like yeah. this is special. I'm yes. special. It's a place I always go to because I've always asked for it, never gotten it. But then I step back and go, so how does it really matter to me? And it doesn't to me. It is to like give the Holy Spirit control of your mm-hmm. tongue. And the tongue, it says in the Bible all over, mm-hmm. that it's the most powerful part of our body, and that's yes. a good way, mm-hmm. and that's a, that can be well, a we very know bad, bad way. For sure, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to encourage you guys also, just but rise above this and, and look at the big picture. <laughs> and what I mean, the big picture is, okay, either this is totally true, or it's BS. <laughs> You've heard, I'll say, I believe it's true. But, okay, so God... Jesus, and then if you believe in Jesus, Jesus says, "Hey, man, I'm gifting you with this. We're, God, we're gifting you this Holy Spirit thing to help guide you." It's also biblical. It says, "Holy Spirit even prays on your behalf." I don't know if you guys know that. The Holy Spirit knows what to pray for you that you don't even realize, or you're maybe not even lifting or asking. Um, that's what we call the Trinity, and that's what differentiates, I'll, I'll say, Christians from other sects. In religion, some don't believe in the Holy Spirit. And some don't believe that Jesus was full on the, the Son of God. I do. So, but again, I, I think where Brother Rick's trying to pull us is just make sure, though, we're in the Word. Make sure we're cross-checking this with the Word and the whole world. Word, by the way, not just one individual verse. Um, but, it, but it, go ahead. So you're, you and Kelly are the only two who actually know this. But So when I was, when I was younger... When I first was baptized, and I didn't, I, I don't care about the tongues. I don't. That's, to me, that's like the lowest gift there is. Like, I want, I want to love people unconditionally. I want to, I want to be able to pray for people and see them healed, not just physically, but I want to see their spirits just like vibrate for the Lord. But when I was fifteen, 
after I was baptized and stuff, I realized that I started singing. And I thought it was just goofy. Like, you know, I didn't understand what I was singing, but it made me feel something. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't sing around people in that. And then two years ago, I was reading through, um, I think it was 1 Corinthians, and Paul's talking with the gift of tongues and how he's like, but there needs to be order with the gift of tongues. Mm-hmm. And and then he brings up how he prays in the tongues more than anyone. And I'm like, I, I, I'm sitting there and I'm like, God, I don't care. Like I just said, I don't care about this gift of tongues, but I don't want anything. Like if there's something that can allow me to praise you more, can allow me to experience you more, please give it to me. And in that moment, my tongue started bouncing around inside of my mouth and and I couldn't control it it was like it was dancing inside of my mouth and out just came this explosion of I don't even know what I fell on the floor and I'm just like I don't know what I'm saying but my spirit does because my spirit felt like God's gonna explode from the inside out and you guys you guys hear me pray you guys see me get excited for the Lord and passionate for the Lord there is an abuse on the gift of tongues and it's destroyed churches, but then there is a very real power with the gift of tongues. There's the gift of tongues where it's a language, a physical language, it could be Latin or, or whatever, but then there's this spiritual language where it's like your spirit literally cannot, it, it is just your language with God, and it's your personal language. I don't even know if other people in heaven would understand that language. It's just... Just like you're going to have a name in heaven, the Bible says, that no one else understands. It's only going to mean something to you. Mm. I think that this is our way of connecting with our daddy in heaven. Mm. I love that. So, so I found cool. actually the scripture you were referring to, Casey. Mm. Uh, was it 1 Corinthians 14, 14? Yep, yep, 14. Well, it starts at close. <laughs> How do you do that? Uh, <laughs> wow. Go. So anyway, 1 Corinthians 14, 4 is Paul gives his letter to the church, or the church of Corinth. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. So we're talking about edification here. And then he goes on in um, verses 18 through 19. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all, which you're talking about. Yet in the church I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. Nate. Did you and know then, that verse? No. Oh, okay. And then he finishes with, in verses 26 and 27, How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two, or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. Mm. Man, that so he's talking about public speaking. You were speaking in private. Yeah, and so then if you keep going... Um, let's see. Where did you Where did you leave off? Twenty six and twenty seven. Let's see, left What would you do if you just started speaking some weird gibberish language? Because you asked God to help you communicate better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd be like, wow. I mean, it's. I'd it's, have to sit and process for a while. It's this experience, and I understand why you guys. Why, I, I, I still, even after experiencing that, I'm like, I don't care I don't care if you speak in tongues that's not you know what I care about the word tells us that if you confess with your mouth that Christ is Lord and you believe in your heart that he died and rose for your sins you are saved that's what I care about so what you're 
whether I can understand what you're saying or not doesn't impress me. Mm. If I can understand that you are literally on fire for the Lord, that's what I care about. Mm-hmm. And so, everyone feel well, that? Going back to what Chris Griffiths happened, uh, he was on a mission trip, that story he told. And if you go on, if you look at 1 Corinthians 14, 20-22, um, and you know this, if you've been around tongues long enough, but tongues is not for believers, it's for unbelievers. So in Acts, they're talking about these are men that were not believers, that were able to understand the, the believers uh, in tongues. And so uh, Paul writes again, 1 Corinthians 14, 21-22, And the law is written with men of other tongues and other lips, I will speak to this people. And yet, for all that, they will not hear me, says the Lord. Therefore, tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. Mm-hmm. So going back to what Rod said, I believe that there is tongues when you're speaking in public, where God will give you this communication where it is a physical language and there will be an interpreter to be able to interpret that language. Now, and maybe maybe it was maybe it was a real language that I was speaking and I just don't have an interpreter for that language. I don't know. Um, but he says, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. So, so to me, that's saying, and I could be wrong. I'm, I'm happy when I'm wrong at times because that means that I'm learning more about God, and that's right. what this is for. Right um, but what that's saying to me is like he doesn't understand what he's saying, but his spirit is built up and that's what it was like i'm like and i'll I'll confess to you guys when i was letting this out of my mouth i'm i'm literally praying in my mind father i pray that this is not heresy i pray that this is not offensive to you i'm so sorry if this is anything i can't control this and so like i'm like repenting in the back of my mind while my mouth is just going wild and i'm on my face but what's the bible verse about the holy spirit speaking and groanings because that's what you're talking about is that the Holy Spirit is interceding on your behalf and you're praying the perfect prayer, but you don't even know what you're praying, which mm-hmm. is amazing and mind-blowing to think about. Yeah, seems I'm like there's a dichotomy in the Bible of tongues then. One that's used to, to help people and one that is, you just, you're feeling something, you just can't translate it and your spirit takes over and, and helps you. What's standing out to me really loudly in this conversation all of a sudden that I just never realized before is speaking in tongues is a stumbling block for mature believers. Mm -hmm. It is. It is is not for young believers. So if the more... Let's go back to who crucified Jesus. The religious elite. Mm -hmm. Um... Those who wanted all of the rules followed, yep. the Pharisees. Yep. Um, it was the most mature of the Judaic world that killed Christ. So, for all of us who are talking right now, in this in this last five minutes, we're that group. Let's just acknowledge it mm. that we're likely the ones to get the most confused on this. Mm-hmm. I love that. Here's one thing that definitely resonated with me. Casey, I believe you said was abuse, um, and this goes with this theme, right? And anyone sitting around this table, uh, 
about 13.2, but anyone that wants to speak up on the frustration with church, when church gets too uh, too far over its skis, starts abusing power, and uh, doesn't get truly in the Word, um, you know my hesitancy on this already, but it's important we go this deep end. We're not going to stay here all the time. Just rest assured everyone else. <laughs> it wasn't into this session as much. Just know we're going to rise above this. Um, but I think a true healthy church is being centered on loving God, loving others, making disciples. Period. One, two, three. That's where this group, I'm going to encourage us that we, we, we strive to be unified upon. And some of you guys might be more into tongues, some of maybe not. But, um, but just know, at least know, it is biblical. It is in here. So when it does freak you out, at least just re- humbly remind yourself, okay, this is something that's going on. It, it's happened. It's real. It's, it, 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 and some get other. But I, I'm going to encourage you to let Nate's words and Casey's words and Rick and everyone else, Hot Rod, GEZ, let it rest on your heart of it's okay to have some confusion on it. And, um, Not but, only that, but, but if, if this, rise above. If this isn't something that's kind of stuck in your... Like, to me, this is a spiritual Charlie horse that I've had my whole life. Mm. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Um, if it's not that for you, awesome. Don't seek for it to be. Um, if, this is, if this is one of those things that you're like, take it or leave it, I don't really care, it's not mm-hmm. really whatever, awesome. Mm-hmm. Move on, right? Because yeah. then you're not... Because the prop, one of the temptations is we end up making things that aren't the primary thing the primary thing. Right. And mature religious people, you know, I mean, mature as in like they've been in the belief system for a long time. We get confused and we start to focus on things that aren't the main thing. And I have spent my entire life, honest to God, trying to undo that. Mm-hmm. Um, I reached a point where I was like, I think I've gotten a lot of this stuff wrong. I was taught some of the wrong things. I was wrong, part of the wrong organizations. And I've had to unlearn it. If this isn't something that you've learned, let it stay there. It'll it, When it when it, it, when it should be something that you think about or spend time on, let it be there. But if it's if you're like, I just don't really care. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, leave it there. <clears throat> I love it. Your Go ahead. Thing. Can somebody read Philippians 2? It's just like six verses. Five verses, actually. Philippians 2. Someone would dial it in. By the way, while someone dials that in, Philippians 2, I keep getting this vision, man, of harbor. Some of you have heard me bring this up before. Some of you don't know. But again, it's important to learn from this lesson. Man, you start debating too much, you start getting into the weeds too deep. What is Harbor today? Who drives by 13 into town? It's a mosque. Harbor Community Church, which was the coolest. Man, I was there. I was there with DT, man. Bobby used to go there. It was a cool, awesome little group. A lot of former addicts coming in, building up and, and making something of their lives. And it is Gone. Gone. Because they got a little too religious, too divided. They debated. They didn't focus on one, two, three. That church is gone. Good and evil, right? This group easily, I've said it before, that's why we don't go politics very often, but this group, 
nothing more than the evil side wants than to divide this group and have someone else take this room over. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Mm -hmm. So that's firmly on my heart. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure anyone that's frustrated on one end or the other, some of you guys are definitely right and some of us are figuring it out. But man, if we get too, Nate, and we'll go into your way a little bit, if we get too religious elite, look out, man. This thing's going to tumble. So always be a student. Who's got that's just two pulled up? What, what verses? The whole thing. It's just five verses. Okay. Oh, oh and I'm yeah. looking at something else. Yeah, I, I got it. You got it. Go yeah, hard, right, Rod. You're right, you're right. Look at how much encouragement you've found in your relationship with the Anointed One. You are filled to overflowing with His comforting love. You have experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit and have felt His tender affection and mercy. So I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart, one passion. One united in one love. Walk together with the harmonious purpose that you will fill my heart with unbounded joy. Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow yourself promotion to hide in your hearts, but be authentic. But in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Mm -hmm. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the Anointed One, has set before us. Let his mind set become your motivation. Mm-hmm. Jake, wait right first. Yeah. Right on. I love it. I love ending on that note. I mean, we've got a few minutes left. I'm encouraging anyone that didn't speak. If this, is your, this is your moment, but that's it. That's it, man. Can I read one? uh, It's a study Bible explanation of the pillars because it tied in with exactly what you're saying, and I think it helps me understand it a little. They're they're doing it historically. This was the pillar of fire that led Israel from bondage into the promised land. The same pillar of fire manifests here to initiate a new beginning from dead religious structures into the powerful life of the Spirit. Each believer received an overpowering flame of fire signified by the shaft of light that engulfed them. It was a thought, or it was as though each one received his own personal pillar of fire that would empower him, leading him throughout his life. This was the promise Jesus gave to his disciples of the one like me who would be sent by the Father and never leave them. Today the believer is indwelt by the Spirit, by the Spirit this was the birthday of the church of Jesus Christ. So good. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Thank you, Rod. So listen, that way. full circle, right? We, we, we seek truth, what works and what doesn't. So um, you guys saw the testimony on Phil and Amy's words. Quite powerful, man, what Amy said about her Phil. And for those who don't know, man, they were on the verge of divorce. Being a servant leader, being selfless, works. Maddie G, what would you do last weekend? Two weekends. Two, oh, was it two last weekends ago now. already? <laughs> I took my wife to Napa. Right on. Nice. It works, doesn't it? Like the auto parts? Well, I was going to say, you bought her car For those that can afford it, take your wife to Napa. <laughs> That's being a servant leader, man. It That works, yes? When we start focusing on ourselves, that doesn't work. Selfishness kills relationships selfless works that is Jesus teachings yeah.
watching a couple shows on 9-11 last night. Mm. And one of the shows was they had recordings of people that were in the towers talking to their family members. Mm. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that show or not. Mm. but mm -hmm. So the people inside the towers didn't realize how bad things were, mm. right? They knew they thought a bomb went off. Mm. Um, you know, they were starting to get intel from the outside world, but they didn't have the visuals that we had on TV. And so they're talking and they, they were all pretty much amazingly calm mm. when, when, you, when you listen to the conversations and they had probably a dozen families that they were talking to. But one thing that stuck out to me was the, at the end they had one of the guys on the phone until the actual cell tower crumbled. Mm. And then the comment was, what are you going to do in that moment of truth mm -hmm. right what were they saying when they were realizing that they were going to die mm -hmm. and you know really struck with me how you're ending it here mm -hmm. it's like okay so so let's not take things for granted right let's appreciate the wives let's let's keep things at the forefront each day as much as we can you know because you know, it, it one of the ladies like I feel like we live life as an endurance test. Mm. How are we going to survive today? What are we going to do to get through today? Mm. And we get wrapped up in that. But what what what's your moment of truth? Mm. And how are you going to live? It's beautiful each day. And that's that's the key. You know, there was what was that years ago? That book called The Secret. You know, mm. so the secret is Christ. <laughs> Period. Right. And and it no matter what I'm doing in life, whether it's my marriage as a father, as a employee, as a, as a friend, as a missionary, the more I, the closer I get to God, the better off I am in every part of my in every part of my life. And I heard finished with this. I heard this great great story where you know, uh, and you've been this before too. Where's the reward? Was saying I've never heard the audible voice of God. So yeah. it's a, a guy talking, and he was talking a lot about, about, about the prophetic today. And, those so-called apostles and uh, the guy said very simply he goes hey if you want to if you want to hear God's voice read the Bible because mm. if you want to hear God's audible voice read it out loud <laughs> I love that man well it's a good note to end on and I, I've heard your theme that sounds like a few others are appreciating just pausing reading out loud and observing it because as we also observed, when we're just supposed to read on our own, it doesn't always happen. Or even when it does happen, it's not quite the same, yes? Yeah. Is that true? Um, any other closing comments? As we're at the top of the hour, I always want to be respectful of people's time. And those that want to hang out for OT can, obviously. But um, I, it just yeah. feels like a great note to end on. Got one comment. Um, I'm enjoying dudes right now more than I ever have. Uh -huh. um, I've been coming for five years, five and a half. And... The newness of what's going on right now hmm. is we are having conversations together that we've had in our own heads hmm. for a long time and we're doing it respectfully we're doing it maturely and um, it's something that I have always wanted in a group hmm. is to be able to say yeah I'm not so sure about that um, hmm. and not get judged I mean I've got a bunch more questions you know You're being judged <laughs> <laughs> So this is this is a this is a new part of the journey for me. 
um, to be able to be around a group of guys and let's actually talk about it. And we, can, we might disagree, sure, but there is um, new muscle being toned um, in the last couple of months that I really appreciate. Yeah. And by the way, also going full circle, thank you, Nate. Again, Eva's words, right? I know someone else can benefit from this someday. So we're, we're going to have another version of this this conversation, by the way, again, for the I, we can't be the only ones struggling with this or wondering about this or talking about this or right. And there's many other questions that we're going to get to. So basic or deep. So tomorrow um, we're continuing the drywall ministry in Belle Plaine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Last week was a small group of Rick, Rob, me, and Isaiah. Um, so if anybody wants to. You did make it startling. Come on down tomorrow. Lunchtime, love the help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and by the way, anyone that feels overwhelmed, I, yes, there's many service opportunities going on here and many giving opportunities. It's okay, man, just pick one. I mean, if, when you feel that pull that we talked about, Jason, you and I felt the pull in that one move, and we were definitely supposed to be there, right? Just don't ignore the pull, though, but when, when you feel it or whatever's going on, don't have to do everything, okay? Heavenly Father, just. Uh keep thinking thy will be done and uh, you know we, we try to control so many things here and we try to be so many things here on, on, on this planet and thy will be done you're in control and, and the more we surrender to you the more we seek you the more that we just you know get on our knees um, the more wisdom we gain and, and the more Christ-like we become so my prayer is again for everyone in this group today just to have taken that bit of wisdom from you and, and get that much closer to being Christ-like. Pray all these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.